Okay, uh, good evening, saints. I'm so glad we could meet again tonight. Uh, we want to continue our fellowship on the Gospel of Luke. But uh, before we come to that, uh, I'm going to ask us, uh, our brother uh, Etienne, to help us with the song. It's hymn number 720. Uh, that's the hymn we're going to sing tonight. And uh, this is an opportunity for us to open our being, to turn from our day, to open our being to the Lord.
Amen. But God has promised strength for the day, rest Amen. for the labor, light right. for the way. Amen. 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 God has not promised smooth roads and white. Swift, Amen. easy travel, needing no guide. Never Amen. a mountain road and steep. Never Amen. a path and deep. Amen. 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 God has not promised we shall not know toil and temptation, trouble and woe. Mm. He has yeah. not told us we shall not be many a burden, many a care. Amen. Amen. He has not promised skies will always be blue. God Amen. has made waste all our lives through. God has promised sun without rain, joy without sorrow, peace without rain. But God has promised strength for the day. Rest for the labor, light for the way, peace for the trials, love from above, and faith and sympathy. Undying love. Amen. 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 Healing, sympathy, and dying love. Amen. 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 Lord, thank you for the strength for today. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord, Amen. for the rest. Rest Amen. for the labor. Light Amen. for the way. Grace for the trials. Help Amen. from above. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Oh, appreciate seeing what God has promised. Amen. And even, and even to see what God has not promised. Because sometimes uh, I think our expectation of the Lord is that he would do things that he never promised. <laughs> he, uh, we expect him to give us uh, skies that are always blue. Or we, we think that when we become... When we start to follow the Lord, we love Him, then then there won't be any trouble on our way. Um, we'll have smooth roads, wide, swift, easy travel. But actually, that's not what God told us. That's not what God promises in His Word. But what He does promise is He does promise us strength. Praise the Lord for the day. He promises us rest from the labor. He promises us light. Hallelujah. Grace. Amen. Unfailing sympathy. Undying love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. What Amen. do you brothers think? Shall we sing the sin again? Hector, did you want to share something, brother? Uh, actually, because it's a rather unfamiliar tune, I think it would 
Uh, it's my first time seeing it. I think maybe a lot of the saints also. It might be beneficial if we sung it again. Amen.
but God has promised strength for the day. Amen. Rest Amen. for the labor, light Amen. for the way, Amen. grace for the trials, help from Amen. above, and faith, sympathy, and dying love. Amen. 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 Thank you Amen. for the word, but God. Amen. 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 Indeed, God has not promised we shall not know toil and temptation, trouble yeah. and woe. He has not told us we shall not bear many a burden and many a care. But, but, amen. Amen. But, amen. Amen. Sufficient in all situations. Amen. 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 Let's come to, to our scripture reading tonight. So, Etienne, maybe you should break us up in groups for 10 minutes, then we can read the whole of Luke chapter 8. Amen. I hope you saints managed to cover a good portion of uh of the of the chapter. But uh, I'm going to cover from verse 1 to verse 21. So uh, I will only be sharing from verse 1 to verse 21. Uh, and then Brother Adrian will continue from there on to the end of chapter 8. So uh, actually, in the section between verses 1 and 21, there are three things that we see. The first one is the Lord being ministered to by women. And the second one is the Lord teaching 
but his teaching is not with plain words, but his teaching is with parables. So that's the second thing we see. And finally, we see the Lord showing us his relatives, showing us those who are related to him. Uh, that's what, uh, those are the three things in, in chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. But before I go on to chapter 8, I would like to remind us of what we covered in chapter 7, because actually these verses, verses 1 to 21 of chapter 8, they're actually a connection. There's a connection between what is at the end of chapter 7 to what is at the start of chapter 8. So at the end of chapter 7, we saw that the Lord was invited to a house by a Pharisee. And while the Lord was being hosted at the Pharisee's house, a woman who was a sinner came into the house and she was uh, crying at the Lord's feet and using her tears, she wet the Lord's feet and using her hay, she wiped the Lord's feet. Not only did she do that, she had an ointment with which she anointed the Lord's feet. We saw the picture that the Lord was completely comfortable with this. Uh, the Lord was not bothered, but we saw that inwardly, the Pharisee who had invited the Lord was bothered by this. As a result, he actually undermined the Lord and also despised the woman. He actually wondered within himself whether this man, the Lord, was truly a prophet. If he was truly a prophet, he would have known what kind of woman was touching him. And we saw that the Lord actually, uh, on the one hand, he's a man, because we see the Pharisee says, this man, if he knew what kind of woman was touching him, uh, he, he, he could not be a prophet. Otherwise, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. So definitely the Lord was a man. So he had human virtues. But because the Lord is also God, that means he has divine attributes. So his human virtues are saturated with the divine attributes. The Lord turned to Simon. And in the Gospel of Luke, it says the Lord answered. The Lord could, could uh, he knew what was in the heart of the, the Pharisee. So the Lord answered with a, uh, with a story of a money lender who had two people who owed him. One owed 50 uh, denarii, the other one owed 500. But because these ones indebted to the money lender had nothing with which to repay, the, the money lender graciously forgave them. And the Lord asked Simon, the Pharisee, which one do you think will love him more? Which one will love the, the money lender more? And the Pharisee responded, uh, I presume the one who was forgiven the most. And the Lord responded, you have judged correctly. And then the Lord gave us the woman as an example. He pointed Simon to the woman and said, look at this woman. Uh, Ever since I walked into your house, Simon, you didn't give me water for my feet. But she, since I walked in, has not stopped wetting my feet with her tears and wiping them. 
So you have me oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. In other words, Simon, you haven't supplied me even the basic for my head, but she has done more than basic. She has given me more than the bare minimum, not for my head, but for my feet. In other words, the woman appreciated the Lord more. Um, actually, we saw here that uh, the, because the woman was forgiven much, she loved much. Actually, the true picture is that the woman realized how much she had been forgiven. You know, Simon is just was the same, was the same sinner as the woman. However, he didn't realize how much the Lord had forgiven him. So as a result, he didn't love much. You know, this is a picture. If we don't realize how much the Lord has forgiven us, uh, we may not love much. Actually, we need to ask the Lord, Lord, show me how much you have forgiven me. This will spontaneously cause us to appreciate the Lord. Um, when, because this woman, the Lord said, because this woman had been forgiven much, she loved much. Uh, this kind of uh, out of her faith, and there was a forgiveness of her sins, and this forgiveness of her sins by the Lord produced a kind of love for the Lord. And we saw that after uh, this kind of a love for the Lord, because of her love for the Lord, the Lord told her, uh, go in peace. Your sins, which are many, are forgiven. Go in peace. So we saw the progression that there was the faith, through her faith, the Lord forgave her sins. This forgiveness of sins produced a kind of a love. And this love caused the woman to be a person who walks in peace. She went away in peace. She would be a person who has her being in peace. Uh, so, so that progression uh, is very important. Actually, this shows us how our Christian life began. Our Christian life began with the forgiveness of our sins. And the more we realize how much the Lord forgave us, the more we love him. The more we loved him. Even today, we can still ask the Lord, show me more, Lord. Show me how much you've forgiven me. This will cause our love for the Lord to even uh, be more, increase our love for the Lord. The more we see how much he's forgiven us, the more we love. And we can become persons who walk in peace. Our, our life, the way we conduct our life is a life of peace. Now, after we, when we conduct this life of peace, how do we live? This is how what chapter 8 shows us. Now we have been saved, we're loving the Lord, and we are living a life where we have our being in peace. This is how chapter 8 tells us how do we go on from there. So this is, uh, I'm going to focus first on verses one through three. Here it says, and soon afterward, he journeyed from city to city and village to village, preaching and announcing the gospel of the kingdom, and the 12 were with him. So the Lord, uh, after uh, forgiving the, the woman, he went from city to city, village to village, and he was preaching the gospel. Uh, remember, this gospel is the jubilee. 
if you remember from chapter four, it's the it's a proclamation, uh, the release of the captives. The Lord was announcing this gospel, and here it says the twelve disciples were with him. The twelve disciples were with the Lord. They were going with him, but in verse two, not only did the Lord have the disciples with him, in verse two. It says, as well as certain women. So the Lord, as he was going from city to city, village to village, guess who was with him? It was the disciples, the 12, as well as certain women. So the Lord had some brothers with him and he had some sisters with him. It's actually quite significant that there's this mention in the Bible um, it's actually also quite sweet because this shows us uh, a picture of how we continue with the Lord in the church life. There's need of brothers and there's need of sisters. Okay, let's see what, what the women were doing. Uh, these women, uh, they were healed uh, uh, of evil spirits and infirmities or, um, or sicknesses or diseases. And the women, some of them are named by name. One of them was Mary Magdalene, uh, from whom seven demons had gone out. And the other one was Joanna, the wife of Chusa. And the other one was Susanna. These women, what were they doing? Verse 3 says, they are those who ministered to them. They ministered to the Lord and to the 12 disciples. And this is what's important. This was quite sweet. They ministered to them out of their possessions. Um, this suggests that the women had practical things, practical supplies with which they ministered to the 12 disciples and the Lord. Actually, this picture, brothers and sisters, shows us that after we are saved, we love the Lord. How do we continue? The way to continue is to follow the Lord. The 12 disciples were with the Lord, which means they followed him. But not only do we follow the Lord, we need to also take the pattern of the sisters, Mary, Joanna, and Susanna, and many other women actually, they ministered to the Lord in a practical way. You know, the brothers sometimes don't pay attention to the practical things. Um, uh, but the sisters, they do. They, they are very practical. The brothers may be theoretical. They may talk, you know, they may uh, be good at talking about things. But the sisters... They are more on the practical things. How do we carry things practical? So the Lord's move here on earth, the Lord's move of spreading the good news of the kingdom needed this kind of a support. It needed, the, on the one hand, those who are following him, one with him, and on the other hand, those who are caring for his need practically. Um, actually, if you look at here, the Joanna, Joanna was the wife of Chusa. 
And Chusa was a steward of Herod's house. Herod uh, was uh, ruling. Uh, so Chusa had a wife who was Joanna. Uh, I, I hope you would have a realization of this. Actually, many a time, I've had this experience, many a time, uh, the Lord had used sisters for his move into different parts of the earth. Maybe the, the, the wives were open and the husbands were not. But then the, the wives, because of their supply, uh, opening to the Lord, the Lord was able to establish something in certain cities or villages. Here we have Joanna, who's married to Chusa, and Chusa has a job, a good job, good job, a good paying job. How did Chusa get such a job? Well, the Lord exercises sovereignty that Chusa would be a steward to Herod's house. Good, a good job, a good paying job. But then also the Lord saved Joanna. Do you see this? So God, by, by his sovereign arrangement, Chusa had a good job. But also, there was the Lord prepared such a sister, Joanna, to be married to Chusa. She would be open to the Lord so that whatever money Chusa makes from, from his work, this would be a supply to the Lord for his move. Um, I, I hope you have a, a bit of an appreciation here. Actually, a lot of... Uh, uh, some, some, some churches around the world were begun this way. Some local testimonies were begun this way, where the sisters uh, were open to the Lord, to his present ministry. Maybe the husbands not so much, but then gradually the Lord used the open sister. And then as a result, eventually there, would be, there was a testimony raised up in that particular locality. Uh, there, there are many stories, uh, we, I cannot um, uh, share them, but here actually we see God exercising his divine attribute of sovereign, sovereign of sovereignty, preparing the right job for Chusa, giving him the right wife, and then his wife would be saved. And now the Lord's move, present move on the earth would be cared for in this way. I, I don't know if you've ever had this realization, saints. Have you ever realized that your job, the, the job that the Lord has given you, is not by mistake? Whatever, whatever occupation we may have, you know, behind the scenes, the Lord has supplied all the things he, uh, we need in order to follow him and minister to him. This is what these three verses show us. It shows us how, after we're saved, how to follow the Lord and how to minister to him. Here, the sisters, they were using practical means to take care of the Lord's need to spread from village to village and from city to city. You know, outwardly, we may be moving for a job. You know, I, I know some, some saints, you know, they, they had a burden to move to a city. Because they had a burden to move to a city, they could pray, Lord, give me a job in that city. 
Lord, I am here on the earth for the spreading, for the announcing of the Jubilee. So, Lord, give me a job so I could minister to your need. Lord, my move is your move. So I'm following you as you're moving to that particular city. So, Lord, supply me the necessary, the necessary things. So this is, this is a picture of having been saved and having our sins forgiven, loving the Lord. And after loving the Lord, we live a life of peace. But also, we follow the Lord and we minister to him. Um, maybe it's not within our realization, but do you realize that God has a need in his move on the earth? He actually has a need for the spreading of his kingdom. There was need of such sisters. You know, uh, the, maybe the Lord might have, you might say the 12 apostles were sufficient. Suppose we were to remove Joanna, Mary Magdalene, and Susanna. Yes, the Lord might have 12 disciples, but brothers and sisters, they might starve to death. Who would care for their food? The brothers would not be practical. You know, the, the, I remember in John, when the Lord, when the 5,000 were following the Lord, the Lord asked them, uh, give us, let's give them something to eat. They actually had nothing on them. The brothers were not practical. They had no, nothing. They had to look in the crowd if there was food and, and fish, uh, bread and fish. So do you see in the proper church life, in order to afford the Lord the proper way to move from city to city, there's need of the disciples, those who would cooperate with him for the release of his word, but also there's need of the sisters who would care for the practical things. Uh, I would encourage all the sisters uh, who open their households maybe, uh, do not think you are not in God's present move. Do not think you are not in God's present move. The preparation of the meals, the opening of your household for the brothers and sisters to be cared for, I am. I, I, this picture is so encouraging to me. We could be part of those who are journeying with the Lord from city to city. As we open our household to different brothers and sisters, students, working ones. We don't know. Those ones might be relocated to a different city, to a different village. Who cared for them? Who ministered to them practically? We could be those who are part of God's move in a practical way. Maybe we're not John. Maybe we're not Peter. But we could be a Joanna. We could be a Mary. We could be a Susanna. This picture is so encouraging to me. Okay, uh, because of time, uh, we, we have to go on uh, to the second section. So in this second section, that's verses 4 to 18, we see the Lord, when he's being ministered to, the Lord now can, has a way of releasing his word. When the Lord is being cared for, his needs are being cared for, the Lord has an opportunity to release his word. And the word here is related to the parables. Um, the parable here is that of a sower. The sower, uh, he went out to sow, and the seed he sowed fell into four different kinds of soil. 
And uh, if I, I believe we might remember this, that the, the kinds of soil refer to the different kinds of heart. Uh, so some seed fell along the way, some along, along the, uh, on the rock, and some fell in the midst of thorns. That's verse 7. And then in verse 8, the fourth kind of soil is that the, the seed fell on is, the, is, is, is called the good earth. The good earth. So first one, by the way. The second one is by on a rock, rocky area. And then the third one on a thorny area. And then the fourth one is the good earth. And then here, the Lord um, opened up to the disciples what the meaning of this uh, parable was. As he was teaching, he opened them, he expounded the meaning of this um, parable. And as I've mentioned, that this is referring to the hearts, the heart. Um, The first one is that, by the way, this refers uh, to a heart that has a lot of traffic, earthly traffic. Uh, when there's a lot of earthly traffic in a heart, the seed has a difficult time of growing. Actually, the reason why the Lord was teaching about the different kinds of soil or the different kinds of heart shows us that as we follow the Lord and we minister to him, we need to grow in life. It's very significant that the Lord uses this. He says, the seed fell onto the, uh, onto the earth, which was by the wayside. Such an earth, such a heart that has a lot of traffic worldly traffic actually will, will not enable the seed to grow. So not only are we saved, not only are we serving, that is ministering to the Lord, but we also need to grow. But in order for us to grow, our heart is important. We need to take care of our heart. That means as we are following the Lord, serving him, we need to take care of our heart. Take care of all the traffic in our heart. Uh, you know, the traffic uh, makes it very difficult for the seed to grow because it doesn't give the seed room to grow. Uh, actually, it makes the, the, the earth hard, hard. It's very difficult for the seed to grow. Uh, you know, there, there are many, many things um, Today in the world, uh, the trend of the world is a lot of traffic, very busy. Uh, all kinds of things are busy uh, moving around. You know, the best way to take care of our heart is to not be part of the traffic. You know, how do we make our heart the good earth? We avoid any kind of worldly traffic in our heart. This is very, this is very uh, sober in that we could be following the Lord, but our heart, the traffic. Lord, what is occupying my heart? I may be saved, but I need to grow. But whether my heart, whether I can grow in life 
depends on heart. So the first matter we need to take care of in terms of dealing with our heart is the traffic. Uh, okay, uh, I'm gonna go on to the next matter. The next matter is related to the rocky area. The rocky area, uh, it has earth, but the earth is not deep. Actually, the rocks refer to things hidden in our heart, things that are deep and are hidden, uh, hidden sins, hidden desires, hidden ambitions, uh, hidden hobbies, uh, these kinds of things, they become a frustration to the seed. The seed is the word of God. When the word comes in, it's not able to grow. Not because the seed has a problem, but because there's rocks on, the, on, on this earth. Uh, as a result, it's not able to, to grow. So, so this, this matter is also important for us. We need to deal with any hidden matters in our heart, uh, even, even ambitions. You know, I just had a realization how easy for the rocks to develop in our heart. You know, uh, we may desire to be, um, you know, I would like to purchase something. Oh man, I cannot wait to purchase something. I would like to get that thing. And the more I consider that, the Lord cannot grow. When that kind of an ambition to gain that something enters my heart, that becomes a big rock. When the Lord's word comes in and it would like to spread, it encounters a rock and as a result, unable to grow. So we see here the importance of our need to deal with our heart, not allow anything to lodge and be a rock in our being. Okay. Uh, and then the third one is 14. Verse 14, it refers to the, the, uh, the heart or the soil that is thorns. That's a thorny area. And here the Lord expounds and he says, the seed is utterly choked by anxieties, riches, and pleasures of this life. Riches anxieties, and pleasures. Actually, these three, it seems they are arbitrary, but they're actually very related. Riches are actually related to pleasure. The more riches we have, the more kinds of pleasures uh, people can engage in. Uh, but then this brings about an anxiety because in order to supply the pleasures, you need more riches. You know, some people end up having to take two jobs. You know, this is anxieties. Now you have more jobs to, to, to supply, to have enough riches in order to maintain the pleasures. Actually here, this is an indicator, brothers and sisters, that in following the Lord and in growing in life, it is profitable for us to have a simple life, a simple life. Uh, the more, the, the higher the standard of our living, the more riches we need. 
you know, the, the, the more convenient, higher standard of living, convenient, a life of ease, the higher, the more riches we need. And the more riches we need, the more anxieties we have. Oh, it's, it's an unending cycle. Now, if a heart is consumed with such a cycle, do you think the seed will have any opportunity to grow? Oh, such a seed will be choked. It will have no way to grow. So this is, this is a picture. The Lord shows us that in following him and serving him, we need to grow in life. But in our growth in life, we need to be careful of these kinds of uh, potential frustrations. The one of hidden desires, those are the rocks. The one of uh, uh, anxieties, those are the thorns. And also the first one, which was the traffic in our heart. This might seem basic, but it actually it is the important thing. Because otherwise, the Lord will have no way to grow in our being. Oh, we need to care for our heart. You know, there's a verse in Proverbs. Uh, it says, keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it are the issues of life. If the seed is going to produce fruit of life, we need to take care of our heart and guard it, keep it with all vigilance. Concerning our heart, we, we cannot afford to, to, uh, to be casual. We need to guard our heart. Lord, preserve my heart. I want my heart to be the good earth, a, a heart that affords the seed all the ground, all the conveniences. You know what kind of a heart is a good heart? A good heart is a, a heart that says amen to the seed. Amen to the seed. Amen, the word of God. Lord, you would like to spread this way? Amen. Grow, spread, gain, gain different parts of my being. Oh, okay. Uh, because of time, uh, uh, we, we have to go on. Um, I would like to highlight this small verse. Never paid attention to this verse. It says, take heed, therefore, how you hear. In other words, we need to take heed how we receive the word of God. We need to make sure our heart is the kind of heart that can allow the word of, of, of God to grow. So this is, the, this is what we need to pay attention to. In following the Lord, we're not just following, but we're caring for our heart so that we can grow in life. Not only do we have our sins forgiven, not only do we love the Lord, not only do we uh, have a life where we have our being in peace, serving him, following him, but we also want to grow in life. Um, this, is, this is the reason why the Lord speaks about the parable of the different kinds of soil and the sower sowing his seed. The main point in this parable is the seed word of God. When we take care of our heart to grow in life, actually, you know what we become? We become the relatives of the Lord. We become those who are related to him, those who are joined to him. That is 
verses 19 and 21. Just a quick recap of this section. The Lord was, uh, uh, as he was ministering, sharing uh, the, uh, the, the parable, he was told that his mother and his brothers were outside looking for him. Uh, I don't know about you. Maybe you might have uh, stopped the meeting, uh, paused the brothers. Uh, let me attend to my brothers and, and mother. But the Lord, actually, he showed us who his real mother and who his real brothers are. His real mother and his real brothers are those uh, who, who, uh, who hear the word of God and do it. In other words, the more we take care of our heart to, to take heed on, of how we hear, the more we become the Lord's relatives, the more we become his relatives. Um, uh, okay, because of time, I would like to emphasize that when we follow the Lord, we not only minister to him, but we want to be those who are growing in life. And in our growing in life, on the one hand, we are growing in life, but on the other hand, we are those who shine. There's a section, I, because of time, I didn't mention. Here, the Lord says, nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a, a cover. That means not only we also need to be shining. And as we're, we're those growing in life and shining, uh, we become relatives of the Lord. You know, the Lord Jesus lived on the earth according to God's word. The more we also on the earth live according to God's word, the more we are joined to him, the more we are related to him, the more we are his brothers and his mother. Okay, I think uh, I, I, I better stop there, but I hope we have a clear picture of how the course of our Christian life is. We're saved, we're forgiven, we love the Lord, we live in peace, but also we need to follow the Lord. Lord, you going to this city, I wanna be one with you. You going to this village, I wanna be one with you. But not simply one with him, but one with him in a way of ministry, meeting the Lord's need, Lord, I would like to care for your move on the earth. As we're caring for the Lord's move on the earth, outwardly, inwardly, we're growing. We are bringing in the kingdom. We're not just spreading the kingdom outwardly, uh, establishing things uh, in an outward way, but inwardly. Inwardly, Lord, grow in me. Preserve my heart. Make my heart the good earth. And in this way, we become those who are growing in life and shining uh, wherever we are, whatever city we're in, whatever village we're in, we're shining. You know, you cannot argue with light. This is what I appreciate. You cannot argue with light. We may be in a city, uh, maybe people are arguing, you know, we're not convincing people of this doctrine or that doctrine. We are just there. Having grown in life, we're just shining. Nobody can argue with light. When this light reaches them, it will bring them out of darkness, bring them into the kingdom of God, uh, in the kingdom of the, of the Son of God's love. And 
This way we become the Lord's relatives. Anyway, uh, I will stop here and let Brother Adrian continue. Amen. Hallelujah. So, brothers and sisters, actually, the sections that I will cover, the main emphasis of Luke sharing here is related to our Christian journey. Like Gaita said, our Christian journey begins with us as sinners. We are forgiven by the Lord and we just love him. We love him. We pour ourselves out upon him. And what happens? We can live in peace. I really appreciate what Hector mentioned because seemingly Simon was the one who, there's this woman. I mean, she's like known to be a sinner, but actually she left in peace. But Simon, I don't know. What he was also a sinner, right? But yet, did he have peace after the Lord left? Anyway, at least she had peace. Praise the Lord. So we live this life of loving the Lord and living in peace, living a life of peace. And this will cause us to begin to follow the Lord and minister to the Lord. Not only do we follow the Lord and minister to him, but we want to grow in life. We now want this life that we have received to begin to grow in us. And as we begin to grow, we will also shine. I appreciate that word shining. In Philippians, Paul uses the word, uh, a word called luminaries. Uh, it's Philippians chapter 2. And a luminary is something that reflects. It's something that doesn't have a source of light in itself, like the moon. Right, the moon doesn't have any, it doesn't just shine, but it reflects. So, we as the believers, we want to be those who reflect the Lord. And, and as we grow in life and we begin to shine out the Lord, begin to, uh, to, to display Him, like the, the church being a lampstand shining in this dark age. As we begin to live this kind of a life, we become the Lord's relatives. He says, these are my brothers and my sisters. They're my relatives. But brothers and sisters, it doesn't stop there. As we grow in life and shine by spending time in God's word, we need to be on a journey with the Lord. And this is what, what Luke's emphasis is, in uh, starting from verse 22, is we are on a Christian journey. This journey it's not initiated by us, but it has been ordained by the Lord. Okay, so, the, so verse 22 says, And on one of the days, he and his disciples got into a boat, and he said to them, Let us go over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. So who told them to go over? It was the Lord, right? So this journey that we are on has been ordained by the Lord. Okay, we don't initiate this. We are simply going with the Lord. And while they were sailing, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down upon the lake. Oh, and they began to fill water and were in danger. And they came to him and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing and being awakened he rebuked the wind and the surging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. So the Lord, 
and the disciples that are on the journey across the lake to the other side, what happens? The Lord goes and he goes to sleep. A storm, a storm is, 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 is arose. A storm came upon them. But the Lord is still sleeping. But then he's awake, awakened by the disciples because they're in distress. They're in danger. Okay, that's what verse 20, 23 says. They're in danger. Master, master, we are perishing. Being awakened, he rebuked the wind and the surging water. Why does the Lord rebuke the water and the wind? If, that's, if it's a lifeless thing, why would the Lord rebuke it? So this shows us actually that the Lord's rebuking of the, the, the wind and the surging water was this wind and the surging water was stirred up by the enemy. It was actually stirred up by the demons in the water. We'll see now the demons, they want to go into the water, right? So the demons, they're in the water. The evil spirits are in the air. And, and they are, we're on this journey with the Lord. And their goal is to frustrate us. Their goal is to distract us. Their goal is to deter us. Because what's going to happen when we get to the other side? So, so they, are, they, are, they don't want the Lord and his disciples to reach the other side. So they're trying to frustrate the Lord and the disciples from reaching the end of their journey. Okay, so the Lord rebukes them. Okay, and then what happens? And he said to them, okay, where is your faith? And they became frightened and marveled, saying to one another, who then is this? That he orders even the winds and the water and they obey him. Okay. I always wondered, why did the Lord tell them, uh, where is your faith? This really was a puzzling word to me because I always, I, I, I struggled with this. Lord, should I have faith to rebuke the wind? Should I, uh, should I have spoken to the water? Uh, should the, the, the storm have be, become calm? Uh, what is the Lord referring to? Faith originates from God's word. Brothers and sisters, faith does not come from ourselves. Faith has its source in God's word. Okay, so without God's word, actually, we don't have faith. Faith doesn't come out of ourselves. Faith is not generated out of who we are or what we can do. Faith comes through the word. Faith comes through our hearing of the word. So what should the disciples' response have been? Well, they should have, they should have, they should have realized, Lord, you told us to go to the other side. Lord, this is, that we didn't decide to go over to the other side. You said, let us go to the other side. So if the Lord told them that they were going to go to the other side, then they should have trusted in the Lord's word and not be those who look at their environment. They should have looked away from the storm. They should have looked away from the, the, the what is it, the, the water filling. Even their boat was being filled with water. Okay, A windstorm came upon them. They were, 
perishing. There was wind and a surging of the water. But what should they have done? Oh, brothers and sisters, often we're in such a situation, right? What do we look at? And there is the Lord. The Lord is sleeping. He's sleeping. So we should, instead of looking at the environment, our faith, our trust needs to be in God's word. And this also helps me a lot. Because often, I, I feel like, Recently, I've been touched in our morning revival. We've been speaking about this matter of linking faith. Faith that links us to God, that joins us to God. So actually, our journey with the Lord is a matter of faith. And actually, we have to, to realize, brothers and sisters, it's not, it's not us who ordained this journey. It's not us who initiated this, this Christian life. And our Christian life, Brothers and sisters, isn't, isn't it so wonderful that our Christian life doesn't necessarily mean, okay, now I'm going to uh, quit my job and I'm going to go get on a boat and sail across the sea to another country or something like that. Our Christian life is living a normal human life, but with the Lord. We're linked to the Lord. Our faith joins us to Christ. Okay, so we're on this journey. And so on this journey, brothers and sisters, we should not expect like that hymn that we were singing earlier. Lord, it's not, it's not those things that you give. I know what you are giving. I want to believe we need to be clear on God's word, on what he is giving. We need to be clear on what the Lord's word to us is. When the Lord says, My grace is sufficient for you. We need to stand upon that word. Lord, you said, so you have to supply me with grace. Lord, I'm opening myself right now to your grace. Lord, I'm willing to receive the dispensing, the impartation of your grace. But Lord, you said in your word, your grace is sufficient. And that's it. Because you've said it, that settles it. I believe in your word. I just trust in your word. But that doesn't mean the storm goes away, right? That doesn't mean that the, that the winds begin to cease and that there is a great calm in our lives. It just means that we will get to the other side. This was the Lord's word. You will get to the other side. Furthermore, in our journey with the Lord, we need to learn to rest. We need to look away from the storms, the environment. And we need to look at the Lord who is sleeping. Oh, Lord Jesus, this is a lesson I greatly failed <laughs> last night. Saints, this week I, uh, I was in a, it was just a very simple, uh, a little uh, car accident. Someone in our complex reversed into our car. And then I had a lot of work to do yesterday and I just didn't get it finished and there was there's a bit of uh, pressure in terms of time related to what needs to be done and um, I'm anxious about this and so I'm working until late uh, so I don't have uh, uh, an early bedtime and then I my 
my uh, our baby girl wakes up at four. She she's not awake very long, but then I can't sleep. I'm just not at rest. I can't. I I'm just so busy. I'm thinking about and and even that night I was just dreaming about car accidents and how I haven't contacted the insurance yet and I need to do this and I need to do that and I'm not getting time for all these things and I'm just and then and I'm thinking. Lord, but I have to share about your sleeping to, to, tonight. I have to share about you sleeping in the boat. And here I am, and I cannot fall asleep. Well, brothers and sisters, this is a lesson we, we want to learn. This is something we want to, as we're in, in our, on our Christian journey, as we're on our way with the Lord, as we're on this journey with the Lord, we want to learn what it is to rest, what it is to to look away from the storm and the winds and the and the sea and the boat filling up. And we want to be those brothers and sisters who look at the Lord who's sleeping. We just want to be those who learn this lesson so that we don't have to be so so we, we this is so comforting to me to realize. This journey wasn't ordained by us. It's the Lord who ordained this journey. Okay, so now what happens when they get to the other side? Okay, so they sail across down to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across from Galilee. And when they went out unto the land, a certain man of the city who had demons met him. Okay. This is the first thing that met them. And when he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell before him and said in a loud voice, What do I have to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beseech you, do not torment me. Okay, and then Jesus questioned him in verse 30. What is your name? He said, Legion, because many demons had entered into him. Okay, so there's this man with a demon called Legion or, well, maybe demons called legion because many had entered into them and they asked the lord lord don't send us into the abyss so he sends them uh there was a herd of many hogs feeding on the mountain and they entreated him to permit them to enter into them and he gave them permission the demons came out from the man and entered into the hogs and the herd rushed on the steep slope into the lake and was drowned okay so often on our journey we are expecting Things to just work out because we now believe in the Lord Jesus. He is the Lord of Lords. We have now given the Lord our lives. We have consecrated ourselves to him. Surely now everything will work out. But on this journey, the first thing we encounter is a great wind and, and a stormy sea. Our boat gets filled with water. The next thing is, there's a man with a legion of demons, okay? There's demons who have been, who has possessed man. Isn't this the situation in, in the world today? Man is just open to so many things. So many things. Satan can just have a way. All these things can just take a hold of man. But when the Lord comes to a region, what happens? The demons go. The demons has to go because the Lord is coming. And then not only does the demons need to go because the Lord is coming, 
But you know what else? The unclean business, farming with hogs who are unclean animals, doing business but in an unclean way, is cleared up. They all rush down the hill into the water, they all drown. The whole situation is cleared up. Brothers and sisters, this is what happens when we are on a journey with the Lord. The demons just can't stay. The light has to come and the darkness has to go. Even the unclean business with which man is occupied with gets cleared up. Of course, we should not expect man to welcome us when these things happen. When the man who was in this terrible state, he's, he's later on, uh, the people, they come out uh, to see what had happened. And they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had come out sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and sane. And they became frightened. Even earlier, in the earlier verses, it mentioned that he didn't wear clothes for many, for a long time. He was bound, chains, but he could just break loose again. So here's this man who has been just healed. But the men became, the, the people became frightened. Okay. And then they asked the Lord in verse 37, the multitude from the surrounding region, from the Gerasenes, asked him to depart from them. For they were seized with great fear. And he got into the boat and returned. How ironic, brothers and sisters. The Lord comes. He heals this man. He clears up this unclean business. But he's asked to depart. We should not expect that things will be different for us. We should not expect that as we are journeying with the Lord, that we will be welcomed. Okay, but we should expect to be a blessing wherever we go. Even to man, this is a blessing. To those who are who are possessed by demons, those who are in this unclean business, it is a blessing for us to come there. Okay, and so now the next section is on the healing of a woman with a flow of blood and the raising up of a dead girl. Now, these two cases really signify the experience of one person. So they go on the boat, they, they return, and what's happening? There's a great crowd. Then there's this man, Jarius, who comes to the Lord, he's the ruler of a synagogue. He feels at the Lord's he feel he fell at the Lord's feet, entreating him to come to his house. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. And then it says the crowds were pressing against the Lord. And a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. So you see, the girl was 12. This woman had this uh, flow of blood for 12 years. Okay, so they are very much related to one another. So actually, the woman with the flow of blood, blood signifies our life. So it's the it's the losing of the life. It's the it's the life that just flows out of man who's just in the world. This is the condition of man. Man is today possessed by demons in unclean business, 
and life is just flowing out of man. This is fallen man's condition. And because life is flowing out of man, the end result is death. This daughter was dying, okay? Eventually, when the Lord went there, she was actually dead, okay? So now this woman, she touches the fringe of the Lord's garment and, and the flow of blood stops. Praise the Lord. Okay, so now... Uh, in verse 48, the Lord says to her also, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Amen. Okay, so now they tell this uh, Jorius, don't bother the Lord anymore. Your daughter has died. But Jesus, hearing and answered him, do not be afraid. Only believe and she will be healed. So then the Lord goes there. And there's all these people weeping and mourning for her. But he said, do not weep, for she has not died, but is sleeping. They laughed scornfully at him, knowing that she had died. But he took hold of her hand, called out, saying, child, arise. And her spirit returned. And she rose up instantly. So what the Lord does is he heals us of our life that keeps flowing out of us. He stops our life from being drained. Isn't, isn't it true that all these things in the world, all these things that, that Hector mentioned, all the conditions of our heart, we think these are the things that will really satisfy us. But they are the things that drain our life. That doesn't supply us with love, but drains our love. It just, it just empties us. And then it leaves us dead. In Ephesians 2, Paul says that we were dead in our offenses and sins. But now we have been made alive. Amen. We have been made alive in Christ Jesus. Okay, so brothers and sisters, this is our Christian journey. In Matthew and Mark, actually, there is the same account. In Matthew, the emphasis is on the dispensational change that the Lord brought in. In Mark, the emphasis was on the authority of the kingdom that comes to the earth. In Luke, the emphasis is on our Christian journey. So we are on this journey with the Lord. We begin as sinners. We're just full of sin. Even maybe the whole town knows about our sin. Everyone just knows our condition. But the Lord, he forgives us. And this causes us to just love him and pour ourselves out upon him with everything that we have with even all our possessions, like those women who ministered to the Lord out of their possessions. And so we, we can live a life of peace. As we begin to live a life of peace, we become the Lord's followers. We follow him. We also become those who minister to the Lord, who's able to meet not just our need, who's not just living for themselves anymore, who's not just living a life that is focused, who, which is as, as, as ourselves, as its center and goal, but who is living to the Lord, who out of our possessions, we're, we're ministering to him. Our entire life, even our material things, becomes the Lord's, that meets the Lord's need in this age. And then we want to be those who deal with our heart, who has a dealing with the Lord before, before the Lord, that he can grow in us, that the kingdom life that has come into us 
that this kingdom that is sowing into us can grow, can grow unto maturity. We want to be the soil which is not, not hard, which is not so full of the worldly traffic. It's not occupied with these hidden things, these hidden sins, ambitions, self-seeking, desires. We don't want to be those who has these things growing in us, this, these seemingly riches, but that cause only anxiety and chokes up the world. It really is deceitful. The riches of this world is deceitful. It is deceiving us. Those things, if those things have all the ground in our hearts, no way for the Lord's life to grow. So as we deal with these things, our heart becomes the good soil for the Lord's life to grow in us so that we become luminary, shining for the Lord. Lampstands in this dark age, shining forth the Lord, holding forth the word of life. And then we become the Lord's family. Praise the Lord. We become the Lord's brothers and sisters. Father, mother and brothers, right? And sisters. By our, by our receiving him as our savior and his life growing in us. We are the Lord's family. Praise the Lord. But we shouldn't stop there. We want to be on this journey with the Lord. And on our journey with the Lord. We are not expecting smooth sailing, but we want to give the Lord the way. We want to tell the Lord, Lord, actually, Lord, my life is not in my hands. Lord, my car situation. Lord, my family situation. Lord, my financial situation. Lord, I am on a journey with you. Actually, you are the one who ordained this. I am not going to be in control. I'm not going to try. And I don't have to worry about all the storms that are coming. I can simply look at the Lord. I can simply look away from everything to you who are sleeping in the boat in the midst of the storm. Oh, brothers and sisters, may we learn this lesson of simply looking at the sleeping Lord. Looking away unto Jesus keeping our eyes on him and believing in his word, believing in what he has spoken, that we will get to the other side. He put us in this journey. And then as we are on this journey, we become a blessing to all, that we, all those around us, to those who are possessed with demons, who are unable to live a normal life, who are just there in tombs, you know, whatever the situation might be, we become a blessing and maybe we, we heal them. In our, in, our, in our society, many do business that is unclean. But as we, as the children of light, the children of God, come into society, we become a blessing to society and even the hogs get cleared up. Even all the unclean business gets cleared up. And then we go on our journey. Maybe we go to another place. Maybe in that place, we meet the flow of blood, the life that's just being drained out of man. And we will become a blessing to those. I was once asked by someone, I, I just want abundant life. The Lord says, I've come that you may have a life and life in abundance. What does that mean to me? 
And at that time, I really didn't know what to say. But now I've come to realize Jesus is our abundance life, our abundance of life. Paul says, we announce the unsearchable riches of Christ as the gospel. He is our good land. He is the unsearchably rich one who is now within our spirit. Brothers and sisters, this is what we bring to those whose life is just being drained out of them. We are those who bring healing to the dead. We can minister Christ as the Savior of the world who has come to redeem us, who has come to save us from death and transfer us out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Oh, brothers and sisters, this is the Christian journey that we are on. I'm so thankful that we could get into this together and we can have this matter open up to us, that we can see where are we going. Amen. And even the way that we are taking and even not be too discouraged when things don't go our way, but we are just trusting in the Lord's word that he will take care of us and bring us to the other side. Amen.